Welcome to the Colorado A-List. We're building a thriving business community based on generous leadership and authentic connections. I'm your host, Matt Brower, and today's episode is brought to you by Column Commercial Partners. Column Commercial Partners is a Colorado-based real estate company exclusively advocating for the tenant and buyer side of the table. If your company has real estate needs coming up, you can find them at www.columncommercial.com. Hey, everybody. Our guest today is a well-known entrepreneur in the business community as being a driving force in the healthcare space. He's a community builder, a health tech entrepreneur, a TEDx and international speaker, and a commercial real estate developer. Uh, It seems like anything he touches uh, just moves forward, and I'm uh, super inspired by him. Welcome to the show, and thanks for being here, Mike Baselli. Great to be here. Thanks for having uh, having me on the show today, and looking forward to causing some trouble together. Great, great. So we, uh, you and I, I think originally met a few years back at a Prime Health Collaborative event. Where yeah, our annual speaking. summit. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. Summit, yeah. yeah, where we bring the whole community together on an annual basis through Prime Health. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and you know we've uh, I've discovered that we have actually quite a few mutual friends in the meantime. But uh, I want to get into kind of what you're up to and on the business front and everything. But uh, I believe that you just got back from an incredible international trip through Asia. I want to hear about that uh, first. Yeah. So, you know, a number of years ago when we hatched this crazy idea that is now a reality in the River North District in downtown Denver called Catalyst, a 180,000 square foot city block healthcare innovation campus. Uh, you know, from everything from Fortune 100 all the way down to that woman with an idea on a napkin and everything in between. We came up with that idea a number of years ago. I put a goal in front of myself, and I said, if we, one, if we can pull off this crazy idea, and then two, we can stabilize this crazy idea, I'm going to go do something I've never done before, and that was to take a sabbatical, take a month off, leave the country, completely unplug. And uh, that opportunity um, came about in March of, uh, of 2019 and went through uh, East Asia and had an unbelievable time from hugging elephants to being uh, on, a, on a catamaran and hanging out with monkeys on a beach to bats the size of small dogs to uh, <laughs> feeding monks in Laos. Uh, it was just, it was incredible. Oh what it, yeah, what it did for, for me personally, professionally, emotionally, spiritually, physically was a uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and a game-changer just for me to, how, to think about future state of where I want to push this healthcare industry forward for our country, which I know we'll get into but how I was able to think about things and get creative and, and really challenge assumptions and challenge ideas and opportunities. It was, it was a game changer. So, uh, so stepping back, uh, which I'm sure is not easy for you. No. Knowing how you work uh, allowed you to kind of just allow, you know, have things show up so you can see things at a different hundred percent. And, you know, I think it, and I, I'm sure you hear this a lot, Matt, you know, with the, the folks you interview and then of course your, your leadership position in our community. I think one thing that we as entrepreneurs do is we don't take that time, is that we always think that we have to run a million miles an hour, which is true at times. I, I, I get it. But I think through my journey as an entrepreneur over you know now plus decade is we need to take that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should almost be mandated to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we are doing our jobs as entrepreneurs and as executives and leaders, we are empowering our team members to allow whatever you're building to run by itself. You should, at times you should not have to be there if we're doing it right. Correct. Right. Yep. Now, of course there's times when that, that doesn't apply, 
but what I'm trying to get at is, and, and you know, folks like our, our, one of our key leaders here in Colorado, like uh, Brad Feld, he's very open about um, his bouts of depression and, and, yeah. and, and all of that and mental health. And it, and it ties back to that, right? Uh, the, entrepreneur, the entrepreneur as a persona has, is one of the highest suicide rates in our nation. And so through my journey, I noticed what it was doing to me, not taking time off, going a million miles an hour, um, not slowing down, not taking time for self. And I have recently put that stake in the ground and said that that's not sustainable. And so that's why things like this sabbatical were so important or taking time with family or going even just a couple of days ago camp, right, or ski or whatever that might be. Right. To take that time to find balance because one thing we also have to remember, why we, while we are sprinting very hard as entrepreneurs, we have to remember it's the long game too, right? The marathon piece. And that is actually it, the folks that can sustain and, and create a marathon are the ones that typically win. Well, in order to run that marathon, you need to have that work-life balance as well and that, and that mental well-being. So right. I, now, I now, you know, when I go and speak around the world and, and, and throughout our country is I, I push a lot of us executives and entrepreneurs and, and thought leaders to, you know, mandate, it, mandate that of yourself. Take time out take care of self because it is a marathon. It's incredibly important. Yeah. yeah. Very. And uh, interesting you mentioned that because uh, a few years ago I got involved in entrepreneurs organization, uh, global organization that um, basically the junior version of YPO, yeah, right? Great group. And one of the things I've gotten from them is, uh, what's the saying? A, an employee owns a paycheck, a business owner owns a... Um, an income or something like that. An entrepreneur owns a process or owns a machine that you can step away from and it still continues to run. And if that is, as entrepreneurs, if that's not what we're striving to do, then what are we doing? Yeah. You know, we're taking on a risk for what? Yep, you know? absolutely. No, that's well said. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so how many countries, or which countries did you go to? Just so we to first started in Japan, okay. then down to Thailand, and then to um, Laos, Luang Prabang, Laos. Hanoi, Vietnam, and then finished in Hong Kong. So wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. And the how food is... was just incredible. <laughs> just the whole way, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So, how was being in uh, Hong Kong with everything going on over well, there? Well, luckily, yeah. You know, luckily when I was there, the, the, the riots that they have been experiencing weren't going on. But uh, yeah. when I was there, uh, you, you started hearing folks, the, you know, the folks in the communities talking about this kind of uprise. It wasn't uh, it manifested as it is right now yeah. uh, in the summer. Uh, but it was a, it's a wonderful place to, to visit. Um, Hong Kong is an incredible, incredible city yeah. filled with amazing energy. Probably the most dense city I've ever been to in regards to people. Just, oh, really? Oh, my wow. gosh. Overwhelming. Yeah. But, but in, you know, in good ways. It was, the food was incredible. The people are incredibly kind and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and a lot to do. Yeah. I um, think on the news I've seen the last couple of days, they've actually had to cancel a bunch of flights because the protests are at the airports now. Yeah. Good thing you got back here. <laughs> well, and if, and if people knew the magnitude and the size of that airport, you'd be like, oh, my gosh. I mean, this, this airport, I think it's the fourth biggest airport in the world. Wow. It's enormous. Incredible. Um, yeah, and to have that shut down, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, shifting gears, uh, we are currently sitting in your uh, uh, you know, building that you developed, the Catalyst brainchild. HTI. Yeah. And uh, it sits right here on Brighton Boulevard and 35th. Beautiful building. If you guys, uh, the listeners, have not been up here, got to come check it out. Uh, just took a tour myself through your kind of co-working areas. And it is a class above the rest. Oh, I mean, you. it is beautiful. Uh, you did a great job thanks. here. You want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the challenges that um, you faced as you were developing this and kind of what, 
you know, some of the successes? Well, yeah, you know, it's that whole cliche, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Mm. And I'll get into that and how we pulled this off as a team. But really the, the idea behind this healthcare innovation campus that is now globally known, we have people coming from all around the world to visit here, was through my journey with my career. I've been in healthcare my whole career. And through that journey, um, leading up to the exit before uh, building Catalyst with my, my startup, what I noticed uh, what, what was holding us back as a country and holding this industry back, an industry that touches every single American, whether you like it or not, yeah. and an industry that has the largest GDP uh, attached to it. We're now at 18 plus percent, uh, maybe even closer to 19, uh, heading into 20 but they're saying potentially 25% of our GDP in the next nine years, that equals $3 trillion today to trending to $5 trillion by uh, 2029. That's the size of the healthcare it's industry. the size of the industry. It's a massive, wow. and we don't even have top 10 outcomes on the face of the planet. It's just maddening to me. Jeez. And so uh, the reason why I share that is all that's not sustainable, right? And so through my journey before launching this healthcare innovation campus, I said some of the biggest problems that I have seen personally and then with others in this industry are the fundamental disconnects. The, the islands that we're on, the silos that we've built amongst each other. What do I mean by that? Think of the large established players like a Kaiser or an Aetna, United, these giants, these behemoths, right? Completely disconnected from the entrepreneurial and the startup community, the folks that are writing the future of, of the world that we know, right? Absolutely. And, and then everything in between as well, right? I mean, we're not even talking to the patient. The end user in healthcare is the patient, and their voice isn't even at the table at times. Doesn't right? even matter. Right. It's not even, it's not even <laughs> existent, right? It's, and I just saw this over and over and over again, and I said, we can do so much better. Don't tell me we can't reimagine this industry that I believe is, has the potential to put our country on, this, uh, on its knees. Don't tell me we can't reimagine this industry. We put a man on the moon 50 years ago as a country. Hmm. We have some of the smartest and brightest passionate people on the face of the planet in this nation. Don't tell me we can't do it. Hmm. And so wow. what came out of that was, is how am I going to help move that? That's a, that's a big audacious statement. I get it. But I said, I want to do my part. After I sold my startup in 2013, I said, I'm not just going to go and build another company. I want to start creating a movement in this nation that gives hope to others. That's, yes, we can do this, but the way we're going to do it, now here's a secret weapon, Matt. The way we're going to do it, I believe we're going to move the health of our country forward is by doing it, here's the key, together. Hmm. Knocking those silos down, knocking those, you know, getting off of those respective islands, getting in the same boat, rowing in the same direction to solve these big, audacious problems for our country. And so that's what Catalyst represents. This is not just a co-working space where we have a bunch of startups living here because I believe that we're not going to reimagine healthcare off the backs of startups alone. It's right. too complex of an industry. And sure as heck, the, the giants, the incumbents, the behemoths, they're not going to do it themselves either. Uh, the, Again, the machine's too big. Exactly. Right. We have to do this together, right? And so... That's what Catalyst is. It's a 180,000 square foot and what I call an industry integrator, mm. bringing all aspects of healthcare under the same roof at the point of innovation to reimagine this industry together from Fortune 100 down to that woman with an ID on a napkin and everything in between, private enterprise, government, 
academia, nonprofits. Matt, brace yourself. We'll even have the patient involved, right? I know, crazy, <laughs> crazy idea. Wow. And so we've, uh, yeah, we're pretty much sold out now. UC Health as uh, our uh, anchor tenant on the top floor. We have Kaiser Permanente on the ground floor with a clinic and an innovation lab, 60-plus yep. startups, five different academic institutions, six different associations, and we've only been open for about a year. It's been amazing. Jeez, and we pulled, in, you know, last thing, as I mentioned on the front end, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. We couldn't have done this without an amazing team around this. Mm. And that includes the development partner, a, a, a real estate developer that knows how to build something of this magnitude. Right. And that's Cobol and Company, which I know you're familiar with. Right. Uh, yep. Been at it in our state for 60 plus years. Um, incredible family and, and uh, very uh, knowledgeable on how to pull something of this magnitude yeah, off. Yeah, big real estate family, yeah. yeah. And then the other piece is that we all agreed that it had to be built in the River North District. Right, we knew that this is where the movement of innovation and, and the and the younger leaders wanted to live, work, and play. Matter of fact, I live right around the corner. Oh, nice! And so the Burgess family, who has uh, who has owned a lot of land in this district for many years, transferred their their this city block at 35th of Brighton into the partnership in August of 15. So we had the team built in August 15. Myself, Coble and Company, and the Burgess family. We scraped the ground in October of 16, and we opened up the doors uh, July of 2018. It's been it's been quite the journey. That is, uh, you know, as you know, I've uh, been in commercial real estate for 17 years I now. I do. And that is a very fast timeline to pull off what you've pulled off. My hairline doesn't tell me that. <laughs> the, the lick, the, the wounds and the bloody noses and the many, many no's that you get uh, didn't, didn't tell me that. But... You know, to, to create something special and to create something big, it, it doesn't come easy, right? Wow. And uh, this team was relentless. We knew what our mission was, and uh, we were not going to, um, uh, you know, relent off of that. Uh, if we stopped at our 10,000th no, we wouldn't be sitting in here recording this podcast right. today. Uh, what strikes me about kind of what I've heard so far is that, you you know, a, a little bit ago you mentioned that uh, you have to have that vision. You have to have that end, ga- end game be the driver and I just asked you about the building that you developed, and the uh, you went directly to the the purpose behind what you're doing, like what your driver is. And I think that you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that when you have that uh, that purpose or that underlying like why uh, that you're looking to have an immense impact in the healthcare space and uh, bring it forward, you're able to pull things off as quickly as you have. Well, and and. You, hopefully you've studied him or the, the, the listeners know who he is, but I actually finally got to meet him last fall, Simon Sinek. Yes. Start with the why, yeah. right? So I love I, that I, guy. I, he's my like professional crush, right? Yeah. And I got to meet him at a, a conference. And, Incredible. And, and it's true, right? I mean, if, if, if leaders can find the why, mm-hmm. not the what and the how, but that why that rips you out of bed every morning, even after getting your butt kicked the day before, even after hearing month after month, no, 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 this isn't possible. This, this can't be pulled off. If you can have that why and your passion, why, why you know what you're doing every day is beyond just a business. Yeah. That's when I believe entrepreneurs change the world. Yeah. And it's finding that why that keeps you, keeps your fire lit every single day. Cause this is this world, the startup world, building things out of thin air, this is not easy. But if you can find that why, my northern star is to reimagine the health of our nation by doing it together. Everything that I do points to that. Everything. Wow. And uh, w- one of the events that I've gone to several times over the years is the, um, 
the Digital Healthcare Challenge. Yeah, yeah, the Prime Health Challenge. Yeah, the, that's right, the Prime Health Challenge, where you're actually bringing the providers in to be the judges Correct. for the tech entrepreneurs. I think that's an incredible way to bridge that gap between the two parties. Yeah, we have actually Prime Health's headquarters are here at Catalyst, actually right around the corner from where we're recording right now. And uh, in conjunction with the Colorado Health Foundation that uh, gives $150,000 to award to the startups and the incumbents to power pilot opportunities between a startup and a health system. Uh, What you see in in October every year is the culmination of that work with the challenge, the the shark tank event, if you will. And it has been very powerful, right? Getting those new and cutting edge technologies into the established bloodstream of the industry, right? The, the, The Kaisers, the SCLs, the HCAs, the Centuras of the world. Right. To be able to get those innovations into the hands of providers, clinicians, administrators, and patients, that's what Prime Health is driving at and is doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, well, kudos to you for being able to get those companies to spend time on this and actually pay attention to it. And then also to those companies for having somebody on their team uh, actually pay attention to it. Yeah, it's you know. been great. I've been a, I've been a board member at Prime Health now for for a number of years, yeah. and it's been it's been great to see uh, where the organization has has taken this community, and and now with uh, leadership under Rachel Dixon, she's just taken us to a whole nother level, and couldn't be more proud with uh, with what Prime Health is doing for our communities, not just in Denver, but we're now really focused on the rural markets as well, yeah. serving serving rural Coloradans, which is very important. What's the next uh, Prime Health event coming up that somebody can? Uh Yeah, well, the listeners can obviously go check the website out at primehealthco for Colorado, primehealthco.com. But the next big event is in October, the Prime Health Challenge. Nice. Uh, The culminating event, I think it's in mid-October. It'll be down in downtown. Um, Typically have about 1,000 people there and Mm -hmm. get to see that $150,000 awarded. But the listeners can go there, click through on the events page and get, uh, get, get a RSVP ticket. And then, of course, we always have our monthly meetups as well right here at Catalyst in our 300-plus uh, event, person event hall on the ground floor. Okay. So those are monthly as well. So, okay. And then in the, cool. in the spring, in May, we have our annual Prime Health uh, Summit as well. Okay. Yeah, that's so in May. That's in May. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I've gone to both of those yeah. several times over the years. They're great events. I encourage anyone to check those out. So, um, so what's next for you? you? You went on this trip, and I heard that you kind of maybe got, uh, got a glimpse of another way to approach this or maybe a new direction. Uh, talk to that a little bit. Yeah, there'll be some things coming out publicly over the coming months, but, uh, you know, where I see the next big opportunity, and I, it, this could even be a global play, is, is data. Uh, mm. You know, one thing that really opened my eyes, I read a report um, a number of months ago, data is now on a global scale, is now worth more, has more worth than oil. Really? Yeah. Wow. Think about that, right? Data now has more worth than oil. That's a, that's a tectonic shift, right? Yeah, that's incredible. But in healthcare, we still don't even know what to do with it. We don't know how to access it. Uh, we can't uh, safely transport it, right? And when you think about um, PHI or, 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 or personal health information, yep. um, and then if you think about the regulatory side of that, HIPAA, right, the Privacy Act, where we have to keep patient Matt, patient Mike's data very secured. And mm-hmm. if there's a breach in that, there can be significant fines, right? <clears throat> Interoperability, make, allowing different health systems to be able to talk to each other or exchange data. Think if you moved from Denver to Seattle, how do we get your PHI up to your new provider up in Seattle? Those things are very difficult. Right. I'll give you a quick, perfect example. 
I was with Vice President Biden in 2016 at the J.P. Morgan conference, and we had, there was a small kind of talk that he was giving. And this is, you know, as you know historically, this is about the time when uh, his son Bo passed away with mm. cancer. Yeah. And and he shared a story with us as leaders in, in in kind of health tech innovation, and he said, "It's maddening to me. I'm the second most powerful person on the face of the planet. <laughs> My son is dying of of cancer." We want to transport him from the Northeast where he lived down to Houston to get, to receive care. And we couldn't even get his personal health information down to that doctor. And I wow. am the vice president of the United States. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, so think about that, right? So, so when you think about all those things that I just shared, I think the next big opportunity to, to move this industry forward in many ways is through the power of data. So, yeah. so stay tuned there. There's some, there, there's some things in the work, but that is going to be a huge and tectonic shift in, in, in really lowering cost, empowering patients, empowering providers, systems, insurers. Um, it's going to be, and you, when you think about how much data we're now spinning out as well, wearables, IoT, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just exponentially growing, right? Yeah, the, so, the stuff that we have oh my gosh, uh, that right? we're using think about on it. a daily basis, yeah. the, the amount of data that's being collected. It's yeah. unbelievable. Wow. So I think I, I personally believe that the next big wave of opportunity to move our health of, the health of our nation forward is going to be through the vehicle of data. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so stay tuned there. there and it, be is, some it is incredible. I think anyone would agree that the fact that, that I cannot, like I don't own my own medical records uh, like each individual provider or something does, and therefore there's no, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's convoluted. It, it's baffling, isn't it? <laughs> it's baffling, <laughs> right. It's seems like it should be way more simple than that. Well, I believe that, that uh, in, in environments like that, that presents great opportunities. Yeah. So, so to your questions, stay tuned. There'll be some things uh, more publicly facing cool. here coming up. Well, uh, jumping to uh, just real quick so we can get to know you a little better on the personal, uh, on the personal front. Are there any, um, what, what do you do, first thing you do when you wake up? Do you have any morning routines? That yes, you, first uh, thing I do is make my bed. Nice. Very first thing, I forgot the general's name, but he gave a, a keynote about it, and he wrote a book about it. First thing you should do every day is, is make your bed. Get a quick win, right? Is general McChrystal? I think that might have been Bill yeah. McChrystal. I think you might be yeah. right. Yeah. Well done, Matt. Yeah. Um, but he always <laughs> says, first thing you want, to, you want to find the quickest win you can, getting out of bed, first thing you can do, make your bed. Nice. So I do that. Um, and it's the little wins. It is, no, it, it truly is. <laughs> it really and, is. And yeah. his keynote that, that your listeners can find on YouTube was powerful, right? Yeah. You, would, you would never make your bed. Like, that's, are you kidding me? That's, right. That seems so trivial. But it's so true, right? So do that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, take. I do not, uh, one other thing I now practice, I do not look at my phone. Uh, we, so many of us, just immediately go to our phone and start scrolling through our social feeds or mm -hmm. email. Mm -hmm. And there has been study after study that our minds are the most creative right when we wake up. Oh, I had not heard that. Yep. Cool. So I don't touch my phone for at least the first hour to hour and a half. Um, and I am an early riser. I usually get up about four. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, water the plants around the house. I love, I love gardening. It's the catharsis, uh, you know, from, from breaking away from work in mm -hmm. my garden. Go work out uh, here at Catalyst. We have a fitness center. And, uh, and then after that, that's when I'll dive into to the email or the social feeds and all that. But make my bed, get out, of, and then get out, go water my, my garden, and yeah. then come and work out at, at, on the campus. Coffee drinker? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, just a few rapid-fire questions, sure. and then we'll uh, wrap this up. I want to be respectful of your time here. But uh, what are your uh, – any, any heroes that, uh, that you have at the top of mind? Oh, man. Any heroes? Hmm. 
That's a good question. Any heroes? I don't. I don't know if I necessarily. You already mentioned Simon Sinek. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in regards to you know his message and what yeah. he shares with people. Yeah, he, I guess a business hero. That would yeah, or any be yeah, any maybe a better way to put that is like anyone who inspires you. Yeah, definitely Simon you know? Sinek. Yeah. Um, just incredible what he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then really truly a lot of the folks that I just get to meet around the nation that uh, may not be in the in the in the press or have, have had their 15 minutes of fame or, or on a front of a magazine. It is, man, it's humbling. The, the leaders that are on the front lines yeah. trying to push the health of our nation forward every day. I get to, you know, fortunately I, I get to travel this country and, and speak. Um, you know, for instance, I was just recently down in Florida giving a keynote to the community health center association, right? Mm-hmm. These are the folks that are serving our most underserved, and to hear the stories that they deal with every day with some of the you know most poverty-stricken members of our community and right. and the resources or lack thereof they have right these are the folks that I get to meet every day and uh, so I'm very humbled by just the, the just every just the day-to-day folks that I get to, to engage with that are working tirelessly and passionately uh, to move health and healthcare for our country forward. It's, I'm humbled. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Any. Um What's your favorite book? Ooh, favorite book. Or uh, kind of media, reading? Uh, it re- recently, I read uh, a book called Essentialism, which, okay. uh, you know, less is more, right? Yeah. Which was really powerful. Actually, I read that during the sabbatical. So that, that one was good. The Art of Saying No. Ah. This is a recent good one, right? So you have to do that a lot. Uh, well, a lot, of, a lot of leaders do. You have, to, yeah. you have to get intentional about it, right? Yeah. Uh, what is your most important asset? Time. Your time, yeah, exactly, right. So my mentors have been pounding that on over my head, right. So the art of no, that was a good book, um, but uh, yeah, and then you know, just uh, love reading a lot of blog posts uh, about the current state of affairs. I love, I love following Richard Branson's work. He's incredible. Steve, oh, uh, Steve Case, another great book. Actually, calls Denver out in the book. Steve Case, the founder of that small little company AOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned the internet on. <laughs> he wrote a book uh, called. Um, third waves and talks about the next big wave of business for the, the world is partnerships and collaboration between the big guys and the small guys because startups can now move so fast. Yeah. Right? Think of an Air- Airbnb against the hotel industry. Think of an Uber against the taxi industry. Right. right? So He's now, actually inv- uh, invested in a lot of Denver companies. He has, too, right? yeah, yeah, with his Rise, yeah. Of the Rest fund, uh, Rise of the Rest movement and, yeah. and, and Revolution, his venture fund. He intentionally only invests in startups that are um, uh, off of the coasts. Huh. He will not. Uh, he will not invest on uh, coastal startups like Boston or New York or the Silicon Valley. And uh, but his book, he actually calls to your point, Matt. He calls Denver out in the book as one of the strongest uh, ecosystems across the nation that are, that's not on a coast. And yeah. so, was fortunate enough to bring that Rise of the Rest tour here a number of years ago. You may remember for yeah. Denver Startup Week. So that book I read a number of years ago, and that was profound. Yeah, Steve Case, Rise of the Rest. I'll have to check that out. Phenom- I hadn't heard of that. Phenomenal book. Um, and then uh, being, uh, you know, uh, tech leader uh, in this uh, in this market, what's your favorite technology that you use? Uh, the fa- well, there's two of them actually that I use almost daily, and um, uh, recently re- rebranded, but uh, um, uh, full contact. You know, Bart Lorang and the team. Oh, yeah. It's a great platform. Um, you know, it just wraps all your yeah. yeah. Describe what that does. So, so you know, so I, I get Matt's card at a networking event, right? I can mm-hmm. I can take a picture of it, pushes it up into their platform. It might go scrape a bunch of information and find uh, your LinkedIn profile or your Twitter page, right? So then I I get all the social pieces about Matt as well. 
can add you to to a newsletter, or I can add you to a mailing list, or I can you know uh, make a note of where I did meet you, so I can re- historically met, remember. Oh, I met him at the right. Health Summit, right? Um, and it's just a great way to keep um, keep all of your your contacts current because it's always updating as well, and then across all your platforms, whether it pushes to your phone, up in the cloud. So full contacts, a, a local one that I love using, and another local one that I love using is Brand Folder for your digital assets, not only for your own personal brands, but for your businesses. Uh, Brandfolder.com is, is an awesome, awesome platform. They've been doing a great job here locally. Nice. Yeah, I've heard of, uh, well, familiar with both those companies. Yeah. Uh, and another great, actually, Denver success story. Yeah, and aren't there a lot of them now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thankfully. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we're fortunate. Inspiring being yes, here. It is. It's incredible. That's one thing I love about being in Denver is the entrepreneurial community here is just so... Well, and how about uh, the, how about that recent news of uh, our friends over at Ibotta, huh? We now that's have, right. Now have, now have a homegrown unicorn, which is pretty cool. That is right. That's that's incredible. I actually ran into uh, the uh, Brian Leach, Brian the Leach, CEO, yeah. uh, in an airport in some random city a couple of years back, and he was crammed in a corner uh, with his headphones on on some conference call before he had to jump on a plane and just flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I know he's a very hard worker. Yeah, so. he's incredible. He's he's that, you know, quintessential success story of, yeah. you know, just continue to persevere, play the long game, and, and now here they are. Yeah. Just incredible uh, leaders in our community and what they've done uh, for job creation and and uh, just helping our innovation ecosystem, right? It's It's been, it's been powerful. Yeah. Great group. That's great. Well, Mike, uh, I'll wrap us here. I think this has been a great, uh, you know, a incredible interview. Thank you so much. The, the vision or the intent of this podcast is to build a thriving business community based in generous leadership and authentic connections. Thank you so much for your generous leadership this morning. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Matt. And your listeners can always find me at uh, MikeBaselli.com or very active on Twitter, just simply at Mike Baselli. And so uh, if any of them want to engage there, feel free to head on over and send a note. So looking forward to engaging with some of your, your listeners. And I appreciate the time this morning, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks.